So, last night we talked about who? David and Goliath, right? And if you were here, every time we said David, what do we do? And every time we talk about Goliath, what do we do? Okay, so we're not going to talk about them tonight. I just want to make sure you guys remember from last night. Because see, sometimes I can't remember things. And I told the group last night, sometimes I talk real fast. You were just thinking there, right? I do. I've worked on it for a long time and nothing's changed. So, sorry. But I also got to introduce you guys to my family. And I want to do that again. Can we meet my family? Awesome. They're not here, but they're on the screen. So, the first picture is my awesome little guy. Say, hi, Easton. Easton is two, and he literally is like our two-nager, because he definitely does not act like a two-year-old. The next guy is Mason. Say hi, Mason. Mason just turned five. He likes to think he's six, because he just wants to be big brother, but he's far from it. The next one is Grayson. Say hi, Grayson. And then the next one is the most amazing person of all because she holds down the fort with all four of our boys. And that's my beautiful wife, Amanda. Say hi, Amanda. They are all speaking to you guys right now, I promise. You may not believe it, but they are. Of course, she's holding, see, my two-nager. He thinks he's the king of the jungle. We're going to leave it right there for now. So I have four boys. And tonight I want to take the time to just share with you guys just a little bit of my story. And the awesome thing that God can do and wants to do in our lives through something called adoption. My oldest son is 12 years old, and this is a picture of him. This is Jason. Say hi, Jason. Now, here's what's crazy is Jason looks literally like he's my wife's biological son, but he's not. We met Jason about six years ago when he was six, and he's been in our family ever since then. The reality that we learned in that season of our lives that God can work things in a unique and kind of cool way. We were not expecting to be adopting our son. In fact, Grayson was our six-month-old at the time, and we met Jason through a family that was keeping Grayson. The Lord has a unique way of working things out. So, All of their names rhyme. That was a mistake of mine. So when we had Grayson, then we met Jason and his biological mom spelled his name J-A-Y-S-O-N and Grayson's name was G-R-E-Y-S-O-N. I was like, oh, it's of the Lord. We should just name them all something that's the same. Because four days after we got Jason, we found out we were pregnant with John Mason. So we named him Mason. And then when Easton came, who was a big surprise, you want to talk about modern day miracles? He was one. We were like, we have to name him. Okay, I was like, my wife was like, we're not naming him anything rhyming. No. And guess what Frank said? Yes, he's going to feel left out if we don't. So that's how he came with Easton. Now, at home, all I have to say is, son, come here. And it works sometimes, except sometimes I call the dog some of their names and I used to laugh when my mom did that. I thought, how could she get our names mixed up? Because my brother's name is David. My sister's name is Carnesia. My name is Frank. Our names are not the same, but she would always call us different names. And guys, I get it. Your parents still love you if they call you the dog's name. We still love you. We just, I don't know how that works. It just works that way. What I've learned over the years, especially when Jason came into our life, Jason will never, ever look like me on the outside, but because of who God is, He can look like me on the inside. The good, the bad, the ugly. That's the truth. 
So in the beginning, as Jason was in our lives, I would always process and think about when, what about that day when he goes and says, hmm, daddy, because we didn't tell him he had to call us dad. He didn't tell us he had to call us daddy or mom. We wanted that to be his own personal journey. He had been through enough in life. We wanted him to build that relationship. So as he got comfortable, he started calling us dad. And then one day, out of nowhere, he, he said, Daddy, to me, um, and it was a shift for my soul because of how he said it, the way he said it, and when he said it. Now, the cool thing was, at that time, I actually was in the process of studying the word of different passages and, and things, uh, of names that we can refer to God our Father with, and there was a term in there that I'm pretty sure some of you guys have heard, and you, maybe you haven't, and it's called Abba Father. Have you guys ever heard of that before? Abba Father. And the reality is that translates into daddy and it takes it to another level of the reality of a love that is a bit deeper than what we may understand. So tonight I'm going to share a passage with you guys from Galatians. Galatians 4. And in this passage it says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, he also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. For me, I did not understand fully what it meant to be adopted in Christ and what that could mean for my life until I met Jason. I'd been in church. My dad's a pastor. I'm a PK and a TK. So yes, I was bad and crazy. In my life, I have seen and experienced things and understood that. But when Jason came into my life, I had a biological son and an adopted son. But I am able to, and in that moment of knowing that he was ours, the love was unconditional. I Honestly, could never understand it in the beginning, but as time went on and as life has gone on, I have begun to see how the Lord really can rewire our hearts to understand love like we could never fathom. And then guess what happened? My relationship with the Lord grew to a whole nother level. But tonight I want us to focus on one major thing, and that is understanding what adoption really means. In that passage, it refers to us being um, more like the image of slavery and what that looks like. Every single one of us, when we are born on this earth, we are tied to something called sin. And in the midst of that sin, we find ourselves making poor choices. If you've ever made a poor choice, raise your hand. If your hand didn't go up, you are lying. I'm going to ask this question again. And kids, I want you to look around at your parents. If you've ever made a poor choice, raise your hand. See, your parents, see, hands didn't go up last time, but they went up this time because they were like, they're going to look at me and know on the way here. I said, if you don't stop jumping and put that seatbelt on, that wasn't a poor choice. They were just speaking life into you, but I'm pretty sure your parents have said that, right? 
you guys are supposed to listen to your parents at all times. Your parents are always right. They are never wrong. Come on now, Amen, parents. Amen. Preach it. If you believe me and agree with me, hit that horn. See, I told you the devil is a lie, but I didn't tell one. Your parents are always right. Sometimes we are not, but for the most part, in the reality of a relationship, we have been chosen by God to be heirs to his kingdom. What that means is everything that he promises, we have the opportunity to experience, to receive, and to enjoy. So many times we can get focused on things in heaven and we can forget about the blessings that we have here on earth. Heaven is a beautiful place. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I don't think I'll sweat like I normally do. Heaven's going to be great. But we have things here on earth that we should experience in love because of the love and the creator who is our father, our Abba father, has given us freedom here on earth to experience that. Now, for some of you, you may be thinking, of course, yeah, that's true. But here's where I really want us to reel this in. As the Bible talks about slaves, when you think about someone being a slave, what comes to mind? When you say, okay, someone's in slaves, they're tied up in some way, they're in bondage, right? That's typically what comes to mind. So here's what I want to show you. In our lives, we can find ourselves enslaved to things. We can have chains on us. And your parents can testify to this. As you get older and older, you go from one link to two links to 15 links. Because every day in our life when we make a mistake, we can find ourselves feeling that we're adding more chains on. And what that does, the enemy is saying, see, you aren't free. And for every time we add more chain, guess what it does? It gets heavy. Gets to the point where now we're dragging that chain around. So we may make some mistakes at the age six that we're still holding on to at the age 10. And then when we turn 12, we remember what we did at six to the point when we turn 24, the chains are weighing on us in a way that we can't even experience or articulate the fullness of God's mercy, his power, his grace, but more than anything, his freedom. I don't know what you are walking through right now, but I'll tell you this, when we have been chosen by God and that we have been, he sent Jesus to free us from chains. For me, my chain was addiction to a lot of my insecurities. Can you be addicted to your insecurities? Yes. Can I tell you how? Because you're never good enough. You don't think you look right. You don't think you sound right. You don't think you're talented enough. And before you know it, it's the only thing you think about. It's the only thing you process. It's the only way you see yourself. Broken to the things that you hate about yourself. And that's just another link. That's just another kink in the chain. And as life goes on and you meet more people that the enemy wants to use to defeat you and to destroy you and to speak lies into you, you may forget that you've already been chosen. See, there's a point in Jason's life my oldest son, where he has moments where he has been able to openly share with us that 
he struggles with feeling a part of our family. Why? Because he has questions about why he wasn't wanted by his biological family. We can't articulate everything that they have done. We can't articulate everything, every reason, every why. But all we can say is in this season and in this life for you, son, we love you unconditionally. And so the weight that you carry, those chains that you carry, we want you to let them go. The reality is, at some point in our lives, God, no matter how, guys, no matter how old you are, you will get tired of holding on to chains. Has anyone ever heard that Jesus can free us? Anyone ever heard that before? Parents, have you heard that before? There's freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus. You know, one of the hardest things in life, one of the hardest things in life for us to do is to accept that there is freedom in Jesus. It's because the enemy has something that he likes to use from the beginning of time, and that is lies. Right now, I assure you, with as many people that we have here, there's at least one person who has spent the last few days wondering, why am I even on this earth? And it wouldn't matter if I were even here. It's a part of my story. As a young man, I struggled with thoughts and hurts of suicide like crazy. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was a pastor. How dare I have issues with the lies that the enemy told me. And you better believe that was a chain that just added to my link and I just carried it on and on and on. Did I keep serving? Did I keep trying? Did I keep doing? Did I keep going? I kept doing everything. Because in my mind, it was going to allow me to trust, believe, and know that Jesus could free me from those chains. But then I kept wondering, God, why have you not freed me? Why am I not the chosen one? Why am I not receiving all this grace and love that everyone else is receiving? Guess what I realized? The Lord had freed me. Do you know what I needed to do? I had to let go. That's the moment where it all made sense. Every shackle, every sin, every guilty thing, every physical thing about my body, my mind, my everything that I hated, that I didn't like, the Lord had freed me from, but I was afraid to let go. Why? Because I didn't look like I thought I should. I didn't look like my father in the Bible. So therefore, how can I belong to him? Jason, as I said in the beginning, will never look like me on the outside. Oh, but on the inside. Because of Jesus. Our identity is aligned. It is 100%. You do the DNA test, and guess what it's going to say? You are the Father. Why? Because we have the Holy Father who has chosen each and every one of us. So in this moment, I want you to think about something. As I I've, I've, I talked about being shackled and being in bondage and being in slavery, this is for everyone. What links are on your chain? What links over the past few months has the enemy called out more 
to keep you from being the best brother, the best sister? What links in your chain has made you not be able to love your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad the way God would have you? The greatest link that I want us to focus on, what link in your chain is keeping you from loving yourself? Because if we don't love ourselves, there's no way we can love anyone else. In this moment, I want to say to you, everything that has happened this year, the enemy would give anything to keep us from rising. I haven't worked since March. But Jesus... Yes, I have experienced racial tensions that is bringing so much more division on this earth. But Jesus, my mom was diagnosed with cancer two years ago and still journeying through that. But Jesus, I once contemplated taking my own life. But Jesus, the important thing is for us all to realize that until God himself calls us home, you have a purpose, you have a reason, and every chain that you may bear, just let go. Just let go. Just let go. In this moment, I want to give us the opportunity to do that. There's two groups of people I want to talk to. Tonight, there may be someone here, and you have been around church, you have been around everything, Jesus. And maybe this is your first time and you haven't. And you are here tonight and you're thinking, you know what? I want to let go. I want to let go of what's eating me up on the inside. I want to let go of everything that I have struggled with because I am not who that says I am. I know I'm not. And then there's a second group of people that are like, you know what? I've been living for the Lord. I'm committed to the Lord and I know he has freed me from those chains. But there is one chain that happened 15 years ago that I have yet to let go. There's one chain that happened two years ago that I have yet to let go. There's one chain that happened when I was six that I have not let go of. That is the chain that the enemy is using to keep you from being a weapon for the kingdom. So we're going to pray for freedom from that tonight. With every head bowed, the first group of people that I'm praying with, I want you guys to be the ones who are saying, you know what, Frank, I agree and I understand that in the midst of all things, I'm ready to let go and let God be the Lord of my life. I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus. I am ready for him to have his way. I am ready to say that I am a child of the one true living God, adopted and heirs to his kingdom. If you want to commit to your life to Christ tonight for the very first time, with every head bowed and every eye closed and every heart in a posture before the Lord, I want you to repeat these words after me. Say, Jesus, in this moment, I acknowledge your presence and I ask you to come into my heart. Release the chains that keep me from loving you. And I promise to trust and to follow you 
for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, will you lift your hand up? If you're in the vehicle, will you flick your lights? I want to see those. Amen. I see you. Amen. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I see you. second prayer that I want to lead us through. If you were sitting in the moment right now and you thought you were coming to drop your child off to be a part of something, let me tell you, the Lord works in mysterious ways. But in this moment, receive the freedom that he has for you. Because as I've said, Jason is going to be a replica of me, the good, the bad, you are a big sister or a big brother let's take this moment to do the same thing to lay down whatever the enemy is using against you let's pray repeat after me say God in this moment I know that I have strayed I know that I may have brought you pain I know that I am holding on to shame but I give it to you Jesus, I know that you have freed me from every shackle, from every chain, from every brokenness, from every lie. And in this moment, I come to you, lifting up my heart and saying, I know that I'm no longer a slave. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer tonight, I want to say this to you as a bit of encouragement. That no matter what the enemy says to us, no matter what the world tells us, no matter the weight of the wrong that we've done, if God wants to use us, he's going to use us. But it's to the capacity of our own forgiveness that he will use us. And what I mean by that is, If you're holding on to anything that you thought has defined you, that has held you down, you let it go. Because the God that I serve wants you to be able to be the beautiful child that he spoke into your mother's womb years ago. Think of it this way. See, I'm no longer a slave. The shackles that we once found our identity in has been released. I want to hear you make some noise like never before because Satan needs to know that you have been released. Satan needs to hear you celebrate the grace, the love, the freedom. But most of all, most of all, you need to hear your voice say this. Say, I'm no longer a slave. See, I 
gonna let me down. Believe that. Say you're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me again. Say you never. Say you're never gonna let. Come on. Never gonna let me down. We made a claim. to be transparent, to be real, and to share a love with you guys that if it had not been for God, where would I be? I'm wearing this shirt because it's something the Lord has laid on my life and on my heart. But Jesus, in the midst of all things, can call us out of the grave of whatever we're walking through. Tomorrow night, we're going to be here. We're going to lift him up. We're going to scream. We're going to shout. We're going to worship all over again because you know there's something magical about that third day. Let me tell you, hey, 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 on that third day, he got up. You call my name, and what did he do? Came running from where? Where did he come running from? Where did he come running from? Out of that grave. You guys have a blessed night. Be sure to be here tomorrow night. We want to worship with you. We want to see you guys. We want to bless you. Love you guys.